When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Kaw. I'm delighted to be joined by record sports Michael Gannon. Mick, how are you? Very well, thank you. And I'm over the moon to be joined by a very special guest, Martin O'Neill. Martin, thanks for joining us. Hello, Daniel. Yeah, fine, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to us here at the podcast. Listen, happy to do so. <laughs> I think the best place to start, Martin, you've obviously conquered football management football as a player and you've now gone into you've written a book hmm. was why you write a book now was it enjoyable Cathartic? i think I, yeah i think i think maybe um covering a 50-year period you know from from uh from being a young professional player at nottingham forest right through to uh, to now the kind of changes that have taken place you know the kind of um uh, thought that maybe maybe this is a, a decent enough point, and this is around about fifty years time, uh, or sorry, fifty years, and um, which um, you know seems a long time in your life, Daniel, but uh, a very very short time in my life. So um, anyway, I um, I thought I would try and uh, put a couple of couple of stories together, and it was really maybe maybe um, there might have been a couple of little books out there beforehand. And I just thought, well, listen here, why don't I try and tell my own story, as it were? And so I decided to to write it myself, you know. I got uh, my dad the book for Christmas, and I said in our little family group chat today, do you have any potential questions for Martin? And he just wrote back, yeah. just tell him his book's great. <laughs> is, is, does he enjoy it? Did he enjoy it, did he? Absolutely, yeah. Get oh, two- lovely, lovely. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's um, well, thanks very much for that, Daniel. Much appreciate it. And tell him thanks. I will do. Um, as I say, Martin, we obviously record Celtic podcast talk about all things Celtic. So mm-hmm. I think obviously we, we talk about your time at Celtic and, and your career. But I thought maybe before we um, before we go down that route, maybe the Celtic team at the moment, um, and maybe get your thoughts on that. Particularly, I don't know if you've stayed up to date with some of the VAR handball controversies that have been going on up in Scotland. What, basically what your thought is on VAR? Uh, right. Probably, and I haven't even I haven't asked you this, probably the same thoughts as you. I thought that, uh, you know, when, when it was introduced, first of all, um, World Cup night, uh, 28, 2018, I think, and it might have been in practice a little bit before that, but essentially we were getting to view it in 2018. And I really thought that this is going to be a, a fantastic idea. I knew that there was going to be some, some pitfalls, First of all, that that the, the the spontaneity might be taken out of the game when somebody thinks they've scored a goal, and then suddenly it's it's uh, it's brought back because they're half a yard offside or something like that. I thought that that was, and secondly, I thought there'd be a lot more penalties because players who are constantly holding on to players, other the opposition 
in the penalty box. That's They're not just going to stop that immediately, even if a manager tells them. So I thought that those points would be covered. Never for one minute did I think it would cause the sort of controversy that it has caused in a- absolute mayhem. And it seems... It seems as if it's 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 pondering, or it's 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 causing more problems than 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 you can imagine. When a when a referee now goes over to uh, to the monitor, his chances are he's going to change his mind for whatever it may be because somebody has asked him to to see something. However, one or two have stayed stayed with their decisions. Fine, if that's the case, then. And the reason that they've stayed with the decision is because that's what they thought subjective. It was subjective at that stage, and um, so I thought that that I thought that was taking all subjectivity out of it. I thought that this was it. A VAR was to clear things up, mm-hmm. but seemingly it hasn't done. And the very fact that I'm telling you in a very confused manner tells you exactly what I think of VAR and what VAR thinks of us. You know, <laughs> it's not been great. Would you like to have VAR back in your day uh, when you're a Celtic manager, Martin? I'm thinking, would you think would you fancy a, a five in a row if you had VAR back then? I think I think you're dead right, man. Yes, we would have <laughs> we would have settled for that. And let me tell you, before you two were born, I would have gone back to 1982 to the World Cup in uh, in in um, in Spain when I scored a perfectly good goal against France in the quarterfinal of the World Cup. And it was disallowed, and I'm a yard onside. So where was VAR when it was? It was probably it was necessary then at that stage. However, uh, generally speaking, uh, honestly, it seems to be causing more confusion than than anything else. And this idea that you can be offside or onside by by a, by listen like a toenail or a, a hand or something like this here, it's it, it it's tending to take take all the as I said the, all the spontaneity out of the game. Uh, also, you can get these still images that sometimes look horrendous when they're still, but in the heat of battle, sometimes it's it's, it's football. People bump against each other and there's tackles and there's handballs. Of course. And all of that course. Stuff. It looks and you see it frozen, doesn't it? Absolutely right. You know, you see somebody sticking his uh, his foot in and uh, and it catches the fella immediately where you don't realise that if you it was at normal speed that he might not even have meant to have done that. And there's 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 players, we we know this ourselves, we would that there are players being sent off for fouls that you know that uh, in normal circumstances might only have been a yellow card, you know. But um, it's it's the name of the game. The, the handball rules are a funny one as well because no one seems to really know the handball rule anymore. Um, no, not just in Scotland, like across the globe, I think it seems to be a problem. What what constitutes the handball these days? Exactly this idea that your hands in the uh, um, what 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 is it uh, what what did they say Not about natural position unnatural position the very it's fact that it's attached the very yeah. fact that it's attached to your arm I I I can I can understand I can understand something uh, when when a player when a player has his hand out and will will almost accept that now that it's out and it hits it from 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 um, Let's say about uh, a foot away or something like this. So, sorry, I don't mean the ball being hit a foot away, but his arm out there in that position. But the number of the number of the uh, uh, things that we see penalties given when you know everybody knows that it wasn't a penalty at all, and people are people players now are just you know almost like firing the ball at players as it were and thinking I, I've got a chance here of getting a handball. It's uh, it's kind of uh, nonsensical. 
You know, when I would want Vargas, it just popped into my head. Martin, Juventus in 2001, the last minute. Yeah. Oh, I abs absolutely. E exactly, Daniel. Uh, uh, down there where the referee is given the, uh, give the handball. It was at 2-2 at the time. You're talking about the game out in... Uh, yeah, in yeah. Yeah, where, um, where the player just uh, threw himself down in the yeah, penalty area. And the referee's given the given the spot kick, which effect, effectively it's it's if we'd got if we'd got that point, we would we would have uh, we would have got uh, ten points on the board. Which is, yeah, listen, they go back. That's going back a long time now. Yeah, yeah we could have could, done with it then. You could go back. You know, I guess uh, I think a, a, a John Hartson goal at Hamden. I think in the League Cup final would have about four yards uh, outside. Dead right, Michael. Dead right. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we. They might as well give us these trophies now, you know, <laughs> hand them over to us. You know, how, you know how Glasgow works, Martin, and it's like, um, and, and I think a lot of Celtic fans think the world's out to get them sometimes in terms of decisions. Um, was that something you felt at the time when you were a manager? Do you feel that it was a you guys against the world or something like that? Or how, how was the what's the feeling from inside of the camp in terms of that kind of stuff? I, I, th I think we definitely did that, mate. People started to say it was paranoia, but I. I, I just felt that they they were uh, the number of decisions that um, that were given uh, that uh, or or weren't given as the case may be. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Uh, do, do you need some? Uh, yes, okay. Sorry, I was just apologise. My wife has taken these things out, out of the way in case they're they're in view. We've just <laughs> arrived into my daughter's house <laughs> and. Uh, my daughter can can keep a non-camped house, you know, in many aspects. So, but um, so it's fine. No, getting back to um, sorry, Michael. What were you saying there again? Oh, about, uh, about you're saying that, yeah. uh, the decision. The Joe Allen line, but just because they say it's paranoia doesn't mean they're not, not allowed to get me. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Excellent. <laughs> As this, because I think, I think um, in current times, Ange Postecoglou said last week, listen, we've had one, two, three, four decisions against against us as a Celtic, um, and you can complain about it. But uh, you hear these things echoing through time, don't you? Like you say, you felt mm -hmm. that way back in your, your day as well, didn't you? Um, you see, it's funny enough, you know, I, for, for, and it, this is from a distance, I actually think in the last number of years, Celtic have got better decisions than 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 we did away by. But that, that again... Michael, that's just my paranoia setting in, you know. But um, yeah, there were well, we, there were some there were some really ridiculous decisions over the time. That eventually, when you know, when the when the league can be so close, it can actually it, it, they can actually be decisive. You know, you always think, well, we should get something. I mean, even in the even in the um, the the game that we lost, uh, do you remember Mother will beat us for the two, uh, and Rangers went on to win the league by winning at uh, at Hibs that day. And um, there, the uh, Motherwell should have had a player sent off after 15, 20 minutes of the game. I mean, it was a, uh, it was a second bookable offence, I think, at the stage, and uh, it didn't happen. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm not saying I've, I'm not, I, I, I never think about it, you know, that often, like every three days. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so I promise, we'll, I promise we'll, 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 go, we'll go elsewhere with this conversation. <laughs> I, I promise we'll go down memory lane in a positive light, Martin. I promise. <laughs> um, before we move on from that, though, actually, um, mentioned, Mick mentioned Ange Postacoglu. I guess there's no other way to kind of sum up that his job that he's done so far. He's done an excellent job at Celtic. Oh, it's been terrific. Really, really terrific. Absolutely. Um, and come in, difficult circumstances as well, too. 
didn't get off to the the the, uh, the best of starts either and uh, and signing players that very few pl- very few people would have known about and uh, and you know and you have to go through that sort of sticky period that yeah he, he did do having you having enough belief in yourself that that you will put it right and uh, and eventually that it came exactly that way you know so um it, terrific effort terrific by him uh, and he's carried it on this season and i think suppose the only thing that the people will feel is that um uh, European matches uh, that with a wee bit more experience, the Champions League games or something that they could um, look more favourably at. But having said that, there are a number of the games that were played that really, uh, e- even as even in the first game against Real Madrid, had they scored uh, had they scored the first goal, which was you know had every chance of doing so, those those results might have been different. So the very fact is that they were in all of those games that they even the games that they lost. They were in all of those games, and uh, and that should that should augur well for uh, for next season. Mark, do you think perhaps this, this season in particular? Do you think maybe Ange is, is maybe not getting the credit this year? But and looking at his record, only yourself in two seasons actually, and then Brendan Rodgers' first season had more points by this stage of the season. I think it was one or two points more. You guys had. Um, yeah. That's in the whole history. Um, I mean, they've, they've had a remarkable start to the season, haven't they? Really. You're surprising me, Michael. So, so what is uh, what, what makes you well, think that he's not getting the credit, or or, or tell me, please. I think, I think it's maybe perhaps been slightly under, not so much by the Celtic fans. I think they understand um, how well he's doing, but I think the wider public maybe not quite. I mean, I've seen I've seen their comments last week from from coming out from Rangers about he's been lucky to spend money and all that stuff. And mm. um, but I, I think I remember at the time, when, when, especially Brendan's first season, there was plaudits everywhere and all that stuff from all all sides and. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure you got plenty of products back in the day when you were record-breaking seasons. I think it was twice you did this, at this point in the season. Um, just wonder if, it, if it's maybe perhaps not quite got the the, the the credit it deserves at this stage. I know it's it's the prizes that matter, isn't it? Really, but at this point in the season, they can't they haven't done much wrong. I, I I wonder whether you agree with me if for uh, you know when you when you've done so well in your first season and you keep that going. There's a, a, a kind of expectation on, and yeah, oh well, listen, we expected this anyway, and I, I that there might be an element of that a, a, attached to all of this. You know, the very fact is that he has been doing so well again. Oh well, well, listen, we just expected that Rangers are are still in a are still in a um, a state of flux, as it were, and uh, and we'll 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 be fine. So I. You, first of all, I have to say, Mike, you are surprising me because I think he's, he's doing super. But if you tell me that that might be a, a sort of a feeling, then the only way, the only thing that I can put it down to is perhaps maybe um, expectation being so high. Yeah, I think it's more a case of people maybe nitpick sometimes. When you're going so well and win every week, people are saying, oh, he's maybe off the boil, this player's not playing that great, or what's happened to that transfer? They find other things to talk about because the results are just so routine almost every week. Absolutely, we, they, the scoring of late goals as well kept kept uh, they kept that up as well too at Ibrox. So that was a that was a big one, and um, I, I I enjoyed the game. I must admit, you know, I thought that um, you know Celtic Celtic dominated early on, got the goal, got the very very early goal, which was great, and then Rangers coming into the game and and looked quite strong. So, but but I've often said this, Michael, whether you agree, and I don't know whether Daniel does or not, for Celtic to to remain strong. Rangers, you need to have a strong Rangers side as well too, because it um, it keeps you focused, it keeps you it keeps you alive, and also in terms of European matches, 
it means then that you uh, you can look for if you are doing well against a strong Rangers side, you can look forward to those European games feeling as if that you can compete strongly rather than rather than just being able to uh, you know just uh, walk all over domestic opposition. Absolutely, um, Martin. I'm, I'm a I'm a fully paid up member of the Rio Hatati fan club. I think he's absolutely brilliant. I think he's a Rolls Royce of a player. Yeah. In the current team, is there one player that stands out for you? I do, I I think he's done really really well. Absolutely, he yeah. Um, and I I think that he came off towards the end of the game. The the Ibrox match, didn't he? You know, yeah. and um, he reminded of me being taken off the field. You know, not. Uh, uh, I thought I could see that little face of his. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't smiling anyway. But yes, I agree with you, Daniel. I think he's done exceptionally well. Really, really good player. Uh, covers a lot of ground, and maybe um, Michael might say maybe maybe doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Um, I, I might be wrong about that, but uh, I'm sure he's well held in great esteem by the uh, by the Celtic fans. But I agree with you. I think he's done terrifically well. Really well. We uh, we put out Martin when you were agreed to come on the podcast on the, the record sport Instagram page. Um, we asked for plenty of questions from fans, and mm-hmm. surprisingly, we actually got four or five actually decent ones. Uh, so I thought I'd maybe run through a couple of them if that's okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, a good one here that I thought was we should start with. Um, if you could choose one post Martin O'Neill Celtic player to put into your Seville team. Who would it be? Now, I get that's quite hard, but you've got players maybe like Kieran Tierney, Fraser Forster, Virgil van Dijk. Oh, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, you're putting me in the spot. You're Well, um, you're, well, naturally, van Dijk has gone on to prove himself a, a, an absolutely wonderful player. Really, really wonderful player. No question about that. And uh, if he's one of the outstanding defenders in, in Europe, European football, and, and has gone on to win the things he's done, well, I'm quite sure that we we, we would have found a spot for him anyway in the side. You know, yeah. might have been might might have been fifth sub, but we would have found a spot for him. <laughs> <laughs> only joking, only only joking. No, he was absolutely terrific. And you just mentioned a couple of players there. Still, since I've left and I've gone now, I'm I'm a left the football club now almost almost 20 years. It's about 18 years now. Um, there have been a number of fine Celtic players who have played, and um, and uh, and have done exceptionally well. That that I'm quite sure could have found a could could have found a spot in our team. Uh, and obviously, the Seville team. We, we should mention that the final in Porto. There's a really good question here from from a Celtic fan asking, given Porto's exploits the following season in the Champions League, winning the Champions League with largely the same team. Do you think your Celtic team was only maybe a couple of players off going on a, a strong run in the Champions League? I, I think that, and it's um, it's very easy for me to make these comments quite some years later, but absolutely, I think that, that um, if ever that uh, that Porto kind of proved a point from that, is that um, the, the, the latter stages of the, um, the um, UEFA Cup or the Europa League, whatever they're calling it now, is uh, are still very very strong sides in it. They've gone on. They 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 won it. They beat us three two in extra time, and um, when uh, Baldy was sent off the field as well too, and they go on to win the competition uh, the following year. Now that 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 speaks volumes for them, and they had some exceptionally good players who left Porto after that and went on and played for Real Madrid. Sorry for Barcelona and teams like this. So. Uh, 
they proved themselves. And uh, so I don't think that we were too far away. In fact, the following year that uh, Bobo Baldi gets, um, he gets sent off. Uh, sorry, he gets sent off. I apologize. He gets, um, he handles the ball against Leon about and uh, Leon. If he doesn't handle the ball, we go through to the knockout stages. We should have gone through on, on two different occasions. Absolutely. And um, sorry, sorry, my computer just jumped. There. That's no problem. I no, I, I, I just getting back to the point. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that we were that far off. And if you, the point I want to make is that if we had got, if we got into the knockout stages, you're talking about, you know, exactly that. Two games, home and away. And I don't think there would be too many teams, and I include the very, very best in Europe, would have fancied coming to Celtic Park in the, on the evening, you know. So uh, that that that's my view. I know it's the, these are these are just easy words from me now, but at that stage, absolutely, we have, uh, as I said to you, Baldy against Leon handles the ball. They get a penalty, wasn't it, in the last the last few minutes of the game? Yeah. Otherwise, we're through. We're through, and that that, and um, I really well, we're, you know, so. It's in the past. You mentioned, Martin, uh, obviously some of the great European nights at Celtic Park. I've had two or three people asking, is there one match that stands out for atmosphere for you? I know that's quite hard to narrow it down. I thought I'd maybe throw one at you, see if, see if, you, if you maybe agree. The, the, best atmosphere, the best atmosphere at any game I've ever been to was Barcelona in 2004 at Celtic was Park. Was it? Okay, right, yeah. Uh -huh. I thought yeah. it was Marco. The, yeah. the, uh, atmosphere that night, and obviously Alan Thompson got the winner. It was mm -hmm. a good result, um, but aye, that night stands out for me. Is that right? Honestly, right? Okay, so um, right. I think that um, uh, are you talking about European nights? Or are you talking about games against Rangers? Just in general, if there's one. Well, okay. Well, the six-two-one would be would be one because it was my first game. Two, I'd not been, I'd not seen an atmosphere like that. You know, I'd not witnessed an atmosphere like that there. Um, and uh, and to be part of the whole proceedings, I mean, I can understand. Uh, uh, and you know, when when we've scored the third goal in in what was it in eleven minutes, I mean, the crowd have just erupted. So the atmosphere for that particular day, and it's my first game as well, to uh, my first um, old firm game. It was uh, I just felt it was just that nothing could compare. And yet then we go on to play some European games. I thought Juventus was a big night as well too when Sutton scores the goals and we've still get the possibility of qualifying so the terrific atmosphere then. Also, um, you'd have to say that the, the opening 15 minutes, the opening 15 minutes of the game against Liverpool in the quarter-final was just, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I bet you, could have, I bet you could have heard that noise in Trun. I bet you, you know, seriously, it was, it was phenomenal, phenomenal. And the game being played as well to such a a, a breakneck speed for the opening period. Obviously, it it it, uh, it um, calmed itself down a bit after that there. But it was it was amazing. So no, there was there uh, nearly every old firm game was a fantastic occasion, and the European nights. Yeah. So I've just mentioned a couple there at this minute, but you mentioned the Barcelona game, and you could well be right. You may have just mentioned them, Martin, but I've had a lot of people asking your most important signing at Celtic. Um, I know you had some fantastic players in your five years, but is there anyone that stands out? Well, funnily enough, you know, I, I, I probably in the book, uh, I don't give, I don't um, uh, give Chris Sutton 
enough credit in the book of which uh, he reminds me about, you know, so, and perhaps maybe it's because, uh, maybe it's because I didn't want to. No, I'm only joking, I'm only joking. Uh, Sutton, Sutton coming in at the stage he did, it was my first, first major signing, really. He comes in, he comes in early as well too. He's not having a great time at uh, Chelsea, but he's a very, very fine player. And um, it's an interesting thing, Daniel, because if we had signed him, let's say, seven weeks into the season and he doesn't play against he doesn't play against rangers we might not have had that sort of presence there alongside uh, alongside uh, larson that day and if we don't win that game in the manner in which we do or we don't even win it at all then all the all the doubts from the previous season will, will come back into players minds and things like this here and then suddenly if we haven't won that game you know rangers who had won their matches as well too just might think, oh, we'll canter on to, to another league title. So for all of those things, for for coming in so early as well to for scoring a goal, mind you, scored the winning goal against Dundee United, my very first ever game at Tannadice, and uh, and scores an early goal and a late goal against uh, against Rangers as well too. So Sutton was a big, definitely a big signing. Didier Agat for £50,000 was terrific, really terrific. Uh, Valgarn and, and Thompson coming in at that stage as well, too, really good. And then Lennon coming in in uh, just a, just before Christmas of that year. So you know, um, the the lovely thing about it is that the signings that I did make obviously made some sort of impact at some stage or another, which was good news. That that was a a tough dressing room, wasn't it, Martin? I mean, there's some hard characters in that dressing room, wasn't there? I mean, look, I, some of the yeah. big boys, Bobo and Mialbe, Big Rob Douglas, and Chris, I'm, I'm sure Chris could handle himself back in the day as well. And a tough, a tough dressing room. It was, Michael. There's no question about that, you know. And um, and I do joke with the uh, with some of the players that uh, now I didn't at the time saying I I'm uh, I hold the halftime team talks from the comfort of the toilet or something is here <laughs> because they they play. But um, players were, yeah, they were strong-minded, strong, strong-willed, and um, but need, needed to be handled, I must admit. So from that viewpoint, I suppose that um, we did all right. But do you know what? I, I genuinely did not, me, I did not mind uh, arguments brewing in the, in the dressing room at all, either before um, uh, halftime or after the game. Uh, this idea, and I know it's an old cliched phrase, that may, uh, fighting always means that players care. And it not doesn't necessarily mean that at all. It just means that they don't like each other, perhaps. But uh, but overall, I always felt that the arguments in the in the dressing room that we had, and some had to be quelled, and some had to be uh, some had to be uh, kept going. I must admit, I felt it was always about the the, the team, the team itself. You know, wh whether whether we were doing something, whether we could improve to make uh, to make the result better in the second half or something like this. Here, it was always about that, and I never felt that. I felt that the players, you don't have to love a player all the time, you know, to 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 uh, to to play with him. But the players had a really a really strong camaraderie, and they they put their arguments to the side after the game was over, even if it was for 10, 15, 20 minutes after that, just to get things off their chest. And then the players back to work again uh, the following Monday. So I always felt that it was for the good of the team. Yeah, we, we obviously know Chris, Chris Sutton very well here at the record. Obviously, you're a star columnist. He's told us about a few times it got a bit tasty in that dressing room. Uh, I guess there would have been times that it's best just to stay out of it, let them let them bash each other up. 
<laughs> if, if Big Rab and Bobo are going at it at times, it maybe best just to stay out of the way, I guess. I th I th I think you just try and stay out of the way of Bobo Baldy, you know. Bobo, <laughs> yeah. Stillian used to get involved as well too sometimes, and uh, and he's such a good looking, so a good looking young fella. The last thing you wanted to do was to to find out that he might uh, he might receive some some treatment to his uh, to his face. So no, but uh, yeah, getting back to the point, Michael, and uh, they they were strong. They 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 wanted to win, which was great, and um, and I genuinely did not did not mind that. In fact, um, uh, sometimes you even had to encourage it if that was the case, you know. But um, overall, they they they. Uh, they were strong. If you think about it, Larson, you think Sutton, um, uh, Malby, as you say, Bobo Baldy, and um, and Lennon. Rob, yeah. yeah, yeah. But they must be they must have been choir boys compared to your your Forest squad. I mean, that's a squad that's full of tough guys, surely. I no, I I think that um, uh, yeah, you mean uh, what is he? Well, Kenny, Kenny Burns, Kenny, Kenny yeah, Kenny, yeah, Kenny Burns was um, Kenny. Kenny was um, um, he was um, well. He was very strong. Obviously, he was also very ugly, and uh, and and particularly when he took his teeth out as well. To them, <laughs> even worse, I must admit. But no, and I would say that the the Celtic boys were as uh, were as uh, tough minded as anybody as, as as the group that you would have. Larry Lloyd, of course, had a had a big say in proceedings, particularly early on. Larry Lloyd came from, had played for Liverpool, gone down to Coventry and uh, and came to us when we were in the old second division at the time. So his signing for us was, uh, was uh, a major plus and it felt as if the club was going in the right direction by signing a player of that, of that calibre, you know. You mentioned, Martin, obviously your best signings, but if we can play fantasy football for a bit, if you can just indulge me, your biggest sort of nearly signing Celtic, someone that you came close to nabbing but never quite got over the line. I, you know, I, yeah, I've been asked that question before as well to Daniel, and I, I genuinely don't, I don't think, I don't think that I ever went in in for some player that I knew that we just that, that it was an impossibility to get that um, you know either it'd be too costly or somebody might might believe it or not might not want to cut might not want to leave Spain and come to. Uh, Come to Ayrshire, you know, someone gets here might might not, but uh, um, uh, we had we, there, there was talk at one time about Rivaldo. Do you remember the the Brazilian player Rivaldo? And um, and there was a there was a, a a genuine interest from 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 himself and his uh, and his agent at the time. But I always felt, even though that um, the conversation <clears throat> went more than once, went into a I don't think I'm not so sure that it was ever really, really going to work. So I've never felt as if, oh gosh, that was something that uh, disappeared. And of course, Rivaldo getting to uh, getting to that stage of his career where he's on the he's on the other side of being brilliant, if you know what I'm saying, you know. And of course, we had a bit of experience with Janino, Janino, <clears throat> who in Janino, if you'd been if you'd been signing Janino in 1997. Uh, you just wouldn't have been able to have paid, you know, you wouldn't have been able to get him. He leaves Middlesbrough <clears throat> and goes to Atletico Madrid for a lot of money at the time because he was the best attacking midfield player playing in the Premier League, never mind anything else. Definitely that. Well, a really good player. But, you know, time catches up with you. And by the time he came to us on, uh, on, a, on a free transfer, 
then um, he, he just was not the same player. As it proved anyway, when he went back, I think it might have gone back to Middlesbrough again and, uh, and I think was released. So he was just not the same player. Sometimes players start to blame the manager for their inability to really, really compete. But that's how I felt about that one. But overall, uh, getting back, Daniel, to your point, I'm not so sure. There's nothing I can... I bet I come off this here and think, gosh, I should have mentioned that one. But there's nobody really that stands out that I think I'd love to have got. Uh, I'd love to have got him. Of course, unless you think that uh, a very a seventeen-year-old Messi might have helped, you know. He'd have been not bad. If you think I'm on, <laughs> if you think I'm on Martin, just drop me a text later. That's fine. Um, <laughs> um, the I imagine Rivaldo just off Larson and Sutton. That'd have been not bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Even even at uh, even at the uh, the autumn of his career, that 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 might have worked anyway. But. Um, uh, listen, you know, sometimes memory plays tricks with you, but I'm not so sure that ever got to a stage, as I said to you, where I put down the phone to an agent saying, oh, gosh, that, that um, we, we just failed to get him. I don't, I don't think it ever got to that stage. I know, Martin, you've obviously, we've taken up a lot of your time, and I know you've got other appointments today, so I won't keep you much longer. But one thing that I wanted to ask was when I did, you know, believe it or not, I did do a little bit of research, you know, before I came on. <laughs> Your most viewed clips on YouTube, I imagine it would be 6-2 game or a Celtic compilation or something like that. But it's actually you alongside Fabio Cannavaro and Patrick Vieira. Um, <laughs> and, also, yeah. and also Robbie Williams. Yeah, oh gosh. Right, I was, okay. I, I was hoping that the World Cup just gone, you would, you would pop up on the telly for, for more moments like that. Oh, right, okay. So, uh, well, funnily enough, I, I went out to... Uh, I travelled out to do uh, for the cover the quarterfinals of the World Cup to Kuala Lumpur, because um, uh, a group, a TV company called Astro A S T R O Astro TV, were covering the matches and asked me to go out for quarterfinal, semi-final, and final. I couldn't do the the other two, but I did cover the quarterfinals. And um, and funnily enough, that was the question that they were asking as well to have you do so about the. Uh, Particularly uh, referring to the World Cup, yeah, that that um, that uh, that was in uh, 2014, and it was in uh, it was in the um, uh, we were stationed in Rio at the time, so we had the, and Cannavaro, who's a really nice fellow and obviously a top quality player, uh, as is um, Vieira, and uh, it was just the question that was asked by the presenter Adrian Childs, who incidentally I actually got on well with now, really well with, but he was talking about being in the wall and would I be wearing my glasses? So I just said, yeah, would I, I said to him, I didn't wear glasses in in the wall, didn't wear glasses when I was playing football. And then I just I just thought I'd, I'd mentioned uh, the two lads and I asked them had they ever won the European Cup. And of course, I'm I'm on I'm decent enough ground because I, I know that they hadn't done so anyway. But it was the, the the very fact that they looked quite sheepishly to each other, I suppose, would probably made it. But um, they didn't have one response. It was brilliant. The, the no, they didn't have. It. <laughs> they didn't have a response. But mind you, they've won the World Cup, so it can't be too bad at all. And two fantastic players as well. For, you know, really good. I think. Um, I think before we wrap up, Martin, I've got one question. I, I, I actually feel bad about asking this. It's going to put you in the spot, but mm. I won't. I won't sleep tonight if I don't. If I don't do it. No problem. Then. God forbid, right? And Celtic fans won't like me for saying this, but God forbid, Ange Postecoglou resigns tomorrow, mm. or he goes somewhere. Peter Lobo phones you and says, "Look, Martin, end of the season, take the reins, caretaker manager. Could you be tempted?" 
uh, for for two games, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. That oh, that's always a temptation for two games. You know, particularly if they're both at Celtic Park and against teams in trouble. All right, okay. <laughs> then I'll then then I'll take it. One, Daniel. Thanks for asking. One, it's not going to happen. Uh, and Postacoglu is going to stay around for some time, uh, and uh, he's going to be caged in there as well too. So we're going to keep him. Uh, and that's that's very very important to do so. And secondly, I had a fantastic time, really fantastic time. I really had. Of course, you'd love to change some things. You'd love to change the uh, the uh, UEFA Cup final result. You'd love to change the Motherwell result. Those two in particular. But overall, honestly, I had the time of my life there, and um, and the torches passed to other other people, and uh, I would uh, one it won't, won't happen. Dermot Desmond would not ask me back again for even for those two games that I'm asking him for, <laughs> and uh, so it's not going to happen, Daniel. Honestly, and in all honesty, I I, I don't think it would be. I don't coming back. I've been back a couple of times. And uh, it's great to see the atmosphere still there, which will always be there. You listen, even when we all pass past this uh, uh, this time on earth as well, too. So um, I no, it's I had a fantastic time, and uh, but it's part of the side now. Torches passed, and it's been carried on delightfully, brilliantly by the the man in charge now. Can I just add, Mark? How, how does it feel for you personally? I mean, when you do come up here, and we saw it at your your book um, tour a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really get, I mean, the flower petals thrown out in front of your, your steps and all that stuff. I mean, the adulation is, is huge. It must be nice to come back and still 17, 18 years on, still have that kind of response and welcome from some Celtic fans. Well, Michael, I have to say it is really terrific, particularly particularly young young people in an audience that I, I maybe have a conversation with and I keep saying to them that... Uh, you don't know me. You have no idea who I am. He said, yeah, but my granddad knows who you are, you know. So, um, or was it my great-granddad? So, yeah, it should have been the great-granddad. So, uh, listen, Michael, it, it, absolutely, it is fantastic. And, um, and it was great to be part of the football club for the period that we had. I think that um, I think that some of the questions that I'm asked about, and I uh, don't know whether you m might agree, I never thought at one stage when I was managing that the the old firm game against uh, against Rangers, the first old firm game, would be so iconic in many aspects. But when I realise now that if you do trace things back, you know, to to the uh, to the uh, baton being handed over to us, as it were, then perhaps maybe that 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 might be a seminal game, you know, for for that time. It was the start of the new century, you know, and uh, and we wrested this uh, the initiative from Rangers. And in all honesty, other than a year or two, we've we've essentially kept that. So from that viewpoint, maybe that's why maybe that's why the 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 game takes on a, a great great significance. For me, it was a fantastic anyway. Just to geez, I wanted the game to end after eleven minutes. By the way, just to let you know, because I was <laughs> a bit concerned at Rangers getting back into the game. But for for all of that, there, yeah, it it, it is really it's it's just it is absolutely terrific, and to be part of a football club. That was managed by the immortal Jock Steen to have that 67 side and to have been um, to have been there some years later, and to have had a bit of success that we had on it. It's just been terrific, really, Michael. So, uh, thanks very much for asking. But uh, yeah, it's great. And I I don't like you never like to outstay your welcome. 
but any time that I've been back to Glasgow, it's been uh, it's been really really nice. The, the people have been um, uh, they, they've been incredibly friendly. Always leave them once more. What? And Always also to say that my 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 wife's it's her her favourite place of all the places that we've been to Glasgow. She absolutely loved. That's nice. Well, um, Martin, I know you've uh, you've got other appointments, and listen, we really appreciate you coming on the Record Celtic podcast. It's been it's been uh, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thanks so much, Martin. I really appreciate right. it. You no problem. Okay. Cheers, Cheers, Bye, Thanks Dan. a lot. Nice Bye, to meet you. John. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.